what is it? What are those principles you live by? What makes you tick? What is so important to you? And let's really prioritize that, those top three to five values in your life. Because when you're living from that place, you know your why, you're really connected with yourself, Mm -hmm. you are energized by it and work becomes much more sustainable. And you have that confidence because you're living into things that are super important to you. Hi, everyone. I'm Annika, and this is the Tried and Truth Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Tried and Truth Podcast. If you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. So glad you're here. Today, we are sitting down with a dear friend of mine who also happens to be an incredible life coach with a wealth of knowledge and experience. One of my many favorite things about Katie is that her work started out in the world of improv. She's held so many incredible leadership roles since, and you can expect some fun and amazing life lessons from all of that. If you've lacked clarity, confidence, felt stuck, she's got something for you. We're also talking about things like imposter syndrome, judgment, self-protection, and not feeling alone in your journey. The kind of things you need to think about, the kind of things you need to leave behind, and the kind of things you need to keep moving forward. Take a listen. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Tried and Truth Podcast. Today, we get to hang out with a very near and dear friend and also incredible life coach, like the real deal life coach, Katie Kester. And I am just I'm just so excited that we get to just unpack a lot of things that I think so many people that are like her and I and you struggle with. And so these are just real life things we get to unpack today. And so Katie, tell us about you. Like, let's just start there. Yeah. Oh, Annika, I'm so glad to be here. And part of the reason is, is like the things that we're going to be talking about, like I have lived it. Like I'm I'm someone who's working through all this stuff as well. Um, And so I hope it will be just helpful for others. Um, Okay. I am a mom, a wife to a wonderful man named Andy, and have three young kids who are three, four, and newly um, eight years old. (laughs) I live here in Fort Worth, Texas. I don't know how I ended up in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, Anyway, I grew up in, uh, I grew up here in Texas. Uh, and then um, just a brief bit of my background. I mean, I majored in art history, which I'm sure made my parents very proud. <laughs> uh, major in art history, ended up going into youth ministry um, for five years after um, college. And then I was, you know, living in Texas, single at the age of 27, which felt really old, you know, at the time living here in Texas, it's not, it's not, um, but it felt like it here. Um, And then I just really wanted to have an adventure um, in life. And so I moved to Chicago to study improv um, and then uh, fell into fundraising because I needed (laughs) to have a job to support my to support my, uh, my improv, um, addiction. And, uh, and then from there, um, I, I did fundraising for a nonprofit, um, for like eight years, but at the same time I was on improv teams, I was taking classes, I was auditioning, I was, um, you know, doing whatever theater film, whatever I could possibly, uh, get my hands on. And then, um, during that time I met my husband, uh, and improv became less and less important to me. And I began to think like, what is it that I want to do with my life? Like, I, I know I'm not 
doing it now? Like, what is it that I want to do? And I was introduced to um, a justice organization and fell in love with it. And I thought, I wonder if there's anything I could do for them. And lo and behold, a job popped up um, that sounded just like me, which is like someone who loves people, loves relationships, mission focused, um, but it would require us to move to Seattle. And like, we loved Chicago. It was really hard to leave. And my husband was like, let's go. Let's do it. We're going to yes and this thing, which is an improv thing. And then um, from there, after uh, Seattle, moved to D.C. for five years, um, ended up increasingly saying yes, yes, yes to whatever the organization needs um, and found myself leading our entire U.S. teams, um, raising money, raising the resources, gathering the people together so that we could do the work, um, the important justice work around the world. Um, and then, uh, during that time had one child had three miscarriages during that time, but then have two more children through adoption, um, and just made some decisions to really focus on family and be present with family, which found us moving to Texas three years ago. So glad that you're here. Here we are. And I'm a life coach and, um, really meeting with a life coach after moving, leaving my role, moving to Texas, um, trying to just kind of go through like what happened in my life, you know, the past year and a half, I met with a life coach and it was through that process. I realized I want to do what you do. Like, I think I've known that for a long time, but I just didn't know that it could be, it was called life coach. It was about helping people thrive wholly, you know, holistically in their lives, which was my favorite part of my job. Um, as a leader, as a manager. And so I studied through the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, which is a really rigorous program um, that took me almost a year uh, to do and then had started my own um, my own company and have just been meeting with leaders from all walks of life. And it's just been tremendous. So that was longer. It was great. And your story, I think, is just, here's what I love about your story. I love that there was no clear path to the story. Art yeah. history turns improv, turns meeting your husband in improv, turns big moves and opportunities, a yeah. job that shows up that is just calling your name mm -hmm. and has everything that you wanted at that time, right? That you wanted and needed at that time that has just led to each open door and opportunity and even just the story of your kids. I mean, I think just the story mm -hmm. of how, how beautiful and interwoven all these pieces mm -hmm. are that brought you to where you are. And I think that's encouragement. I think for all of us to hear as you share your story is that there doesn't, there isn't necessarily a clear path. It's just yes. that one step at a time and also just being open-handed <laughs> to where you might be where you might be led and to opportunities or places or spaces that you may not have thought before. So I, I think that's great. I love that you shared that part of your story. And even more so, the improv piece is just, I just, I don't know very many people that met their husband in improv. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a great icebreaker, right? The it whole is a great icebreaker. Improv thing. But for those people who are like, oh, well, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Like some, you know, so jealous or envious of people who have this five, 10 year, 20 year plan. You know, for me, I found my way just saying, being open, like you said, and just saying yes 
to opportunities that came my way that were really connected to who I was um, and just trying it. And that just led me to um, incredible experiences, adventure, and uh, not being stuck where I was, I guess you could say. Well, yeah. I think you just spoke to a really important piece. You said yes to the things that were true to who you were mm-hmm. and the things that you mm-hmm. valued. And I think sometimes because we can say yes, or because an opportunity presents itself, we feel like we should say yes. And what mm-hmm. you just said is that we have to be intentional about choosing those yeses in ways yeah. that are life-giving to us. But when they're life-giving to us and they speak to our talents or skills or desires, they're in turn very life-giving to other people too. Yes, exactly. And we have all the energy in the world to do that, right? When we're really connected um, with who we are, but it's when we start to kind of go get away from that, that we find ourselves in the place where we're tired, things feel harder, right? Cause we're yeah. not connected to what's important. Um, yeah. So I know you work with a lot of people in, in various organizations and, and leadership mm-hmm. roles and levels. Um, I would be curious just to hear a little bit about what you feel really holds people back from saying yes to those things that are in line with who they are, saying no to the things that aren't and saying yes to things that they really want to do or want to ask for, but are scared to ask for, or Mm -hmm. yeah. Like what, what do you hear or find? Yeah. Two things really come to mind for me. The first is lack of clarity. So there being a lack of clarity of like, what is it that I do want? Just stopping and exploring like, who am I? What is it that I do want, what does it look like? Like, how do I even go after this? And so I found coaching to be so helpful in walking people through gaining clarity uh, around those things. So we can't go after something if we don't know what we want and we don't know where it is or how to go after it. Don't you think think that's such a huge human struggle? You don't even know what you want. (laughs) So you just keep chasing everything and everything will convince you that that is what you need to chase. That the new shiny thing yes. you chase after, or I'm just not going to chase after anything. I'm because I'm just going to stay where I am because I don't even know what I want. So I really find that that clarity piece is huge. Um, when I'm meeting with clients, it's amazing how many people are like, I, I don't even know why I'm going to meet with you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what our goals are. I'm like, that's okay. Those are things that we will figure out. We will, we will gain clarity on that, but that's going to be the first thing that we focus on there. And then the second piece is really around the word belief or like believe, what do you believe or believing? Um, and that's one, like I need to believe in myself. I need to believe in who I am, who God's created me to be feel really connected to that, the skill sets, um, the qualities of who I am. So that's really speaks into that, um, going after that next step, really believing and trusting in yourself. The other side of that is around for those of us who are lacking confidence, or we feel really stuck is around, I'm believing something that's probably not true. And is really not powerful for me at all. And so most of the time it can be summed up into, I'm not good enough. I mean, I lived in that space (laughs) for a long time and it is exhausting, but believing I'm not good enough. So I'm not going to go after it. I'm not even going to explore opportunities out there, or maybe it's, um, 
it didn't work before. Like I couldn't do it before. Why would I even try to do it again? Or in order to do X, Y, Z, I need to have this stuff in place, which is just going to keep us from progressing and moving forward anyway. Right. Um, And then finally, what I see in clients and I saw for myself is this need to protect myself. Like if that will hold people back from taking that next step of like that self-protection place. Like, I don't want to be exposed. I don't want to be vulnerable. Um, I'm going to stick with what I know. I'm not going to put myself out there. Uh, That will hold people back. So really exploring what's behind that, what's really going on there can be super helpful in getting out of a place where you feel stuck. Yeah, because I think exactly what you just said is just those stories that we tell ourselves. We -hmm. don't realize the power of those stories. It's that loudest voice in our head is that story, especially when it's untrue that we are, we're telling or we're convincing ourselves and playing Mm -hmm. that on repeat over and over and over. And it, it, it holds us back. Like you said, I think from, from making decisions and, and choices that are, that are good and right. Yeah. Right. Or challenging ourselves or taking that next growth opportunity mm-hmm. um, because we'd rather just play it safe. Or we've been living in a place of protecting ourselves for so long that we are absolutely exhausted. <laughs> for sure. Right. I think self-protection is yeah. huge. I don't think that we would, I think a lot of people probably experience that and can't put the word to it. And I think mm-hmm. putting the word self-protection and really unpacking that for each of us is what am I trying to protect myself from and realizing I think for a lot of our life I think we're wired that way right I got to protect myself and especially if you're Mm -hmm. a parent or a mom or you're a leader you're trying to self-protect and kind of guard yourself so that you can do all the things that you need to do and I think that a big struggle that a lot of us have without being able to put words to it is Mm. that idea of of self-protection and so I'd love for you just to share a little bit more about self-protection and how do we kind of unpack Mm -hmm. that for ourselves and move past just releasing that a little bit? Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, if you are finding yourself in a place where you feel stuck, we feel like you have no energy in which to move forward or, you know, explore things or do something that's out of your comfort zone. You're probably in what I call, or I learned actually through the through the program I went through, um, IPEC, it's all about energy levels, Mm. um, and how we can, um, most feel connected to ourselves and what we're doing. So we have the most energy to perform and feel, um, sustained in our life, but self-protection is the lowest energy level and is a place of exhaustion. It's a place of feeling like complete apathy or feeling victim mode. Um, and some of what we've learned in life is like you just said, to, I must protect myself. Like I need to make decisions so that I am most protected. Um, but then that place is, is, it will drag you down or you will feel stuck in what you're doing. So I think if you hear the word stuck, I feel stuck. You're in a place of that self-protection, um, mode and it is an exhausting place to be. And it's no wonder that you feel stuck. Um, and what's crazy is there. I think it becomes our comfort, our comfort zone. It becomes where we're comfortable. We're comfortable in a place of self-protection. We're comfortable in a place of stuck also because we don't have to make a decision. 
Yeah. We don't have to make a decision. Uh, And so we just get comfortable in that place of sitting back and feeling stuck. And then we victimize ourselves. Yes. That's good. Totally. And it's also connected, I think, with anxiety too, especially with performers. I'm a, I'm a three on the Enneagram. I'm a total performer, perfectionist, (laughs) recovering perfectionist constantly, (laughs) right? Of like, if I don't have anxiety or if I don't feel anxious about this, then I'm not going to perform. And that is, that is just an awful place <laughs> to be yeah. living out of, right? It means you have no energy for anything else um, in your life. And that what you're working towards become you, your value is so wrapped around your performance, right? And so it's no wonder you're anxious about it too. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good. I think just associating those words stuck with self-protection and just beginning to label it, understand it and mm-hmm. unpack, like asking yourself, what am I protecting myself from? Mm. Do I still need to protect myself from that? I think that's just a really good starting practical tip yeah. for a lot of people that right. um, are listening in. I want to talk about another really important topic because I think this is one that has resonated a lot with my audience when I've kind of came up in the very beginning of the podcast. And so I'd Mm -hmm. love to unpack that with you as a life coach um, is confidence. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. as, especially for our women who are listening, I think we, we have a lot of people that just struggle with being confident in who they are. Cause I think it rubs up against that Mm -hmm. idea of pride. Um, and so they're scared to be confident in the gifts that they have or the desires or sharing Mm -hmm. the things that are important to the things that they want. Um, and so I just, I would love for you just to talk a little bit about why you have found people aren't confident or what helps people kind of overcome that obstacle of feeling the lack of confidence so that they can, I think, step into more of those things that are, that they're, right. that they're gifted at and that it, they're right. worthy of doing. Yeah. You know, what is so interesting is that so many of us believe with confidence, like if I have this or when this happens to me, then I'll be confident. Hmm. And that's, that's relying on external circumstances to give you confidence. Like we, we cannot do that. We cannot wait for something else to give us confidence. It's really something that happens internally. And we have a, we have a choice. That's good. Right. And what that looks like for many people is, um, focusing so much on outcomes. Like if I get this, if I do this, then I'll be confident or when this happens, um, or my value is so tied to the outcome of X, Y, Z, whatever this goal I'm setting or how someone feels about me, oh, which we have no control over. Hi, recovering people pleaser. <laughs> like it's, um, that's an exhausting place to be, right? Like um, tied to outcomes instead of, we, you know, that growth mentality of with anything, if I have the viewpoint or point of view that I am going to learn something from this. This is an opportunity for me to learn and to grow. And this is, you know, a 30,000 foot view of life instead of just so focusing in on that little thing. Um, And so we have a choice around confidence. It's not something we give to somebody else to give, give us, right? We can't look to that external thing, but it's really, it's an internal place. And I think what really is so helpful is doing a values exploration. So I start 
my clients, um, our very first session is around values. Like, what is it? What are those principles you live by? What makes you tick? What is so important to you? And let's really prioritize that, those top three to five values in your life. Because when you're living from that place, um, you know your why, you're really connected with yourself, Mm -hmm. you are energized by it, and work becomes much more sustainable. And you have that confidence because you're living into things that are super important to you. So I would say start off by doing that values work. Um, cause not only will it help inform decision-making about, um, jobs you take or moves you make, um, it'll also help you understand about why you're feeling tension in life. Cause often it's like, oh, these, these values are my top values are knocking up against each other. Oh, that's why I'm feeling tension and stress or in relationships, oh, this person over here is prioritizing a different value than I am. And so that's what's going on here. Um, It can help take the emotions out of it. And you can kind of uh, look at things um, from a a different perspective. So I think values work is um, super important too. And then um, are you living a life with the lens of judgment. So either I'm judging someone else or I'm judging a circumstance or I'm I'm judging a situation or I'm judging myself. I think so many of us who um, are living a life of self-protection are just constantly judging ourselves. Um, And so really, I believe that the antidote to judgment is curiosity. So really setting aside that judgment is such an emotional place where curiosity really opens us up um, to exploring um, like what's going on inside of me. You know, it takes the emotion out of it or I'm going to be open to what this other person says. So I can therefore gain clarity about what's really going on. Um, And I think through that, we will be living out of a more confident place. So if you find yourself judging a whole lot, um, lean into that curiosity. And I think you'll see that your confidence, you know, will grow, um, on the other side of that. That's really good. It's almost like the, those are the joy and confidence killers, the judgment. And you talked a little bit about energy, which Mm. I don't know a lot about that world, but I feel (laughs) like that in my mind, as you're saying this, I'm just thinking about the energy required to be judgmental towards myself. It's like this, I'm envisioning this like angry energy, this frustration, Mm -hmm. this shame, Mm -hmm. or just like you said, putting judgment on somebody else or that comparison trap, you know, that those pieces of just the energy that it takes and the emotions that it evokes to be in a place of judgment Mm. versus a place of curiosity. It's like this idea of almost like gripped hands versus released hands. Right. And I just think like, okay, how much, how much better could we all be if we showed up with that energy? energy? Oh yes. I mean like, yeah, the tension of like gripping and the judgment. So sometimes with clients, when they're going into, they're having conflict or there needs to be a conversation that happens, just asking what might the conversation look like if you approach it with a lens of curiosity or like how would you like, you know, curiosity to serve you and what you're trying to accomplish? Um, 
this week or through this conversation instead of, you know, that place of, of judgment. Yeah. It, that's, it's exhausting. And I know because I live in it. <laughs> right. But it's that, that discipline of like, I'm going to stop myself. I'm going to set that boundary. Like I realize what's happening here and I'm going to, instead, I'm going to choose to experiment a little bit and look at life or the situation or whatever through the lens of, of curiosity instead. That's really good. Huge too. Yeah. So as we talk kind of about that, that judgment, um, or the things that we are getting in the way of us having joy and confidence, Mm -hmm. I want to just scoot externally a little bit and talk about that comparison that I think a lot of us struggle. Mm -hmm. And I know you've got some, just, just your own stories, just about imposter syndrome and comparison and, just tell us a little bit about that. Okay. So I had read some study. I unfortunately can't remember off the top of my head where it's like 70% of people experience imposter syndrome. And I'm like, my husband goes, well, who are the other 30%? <laughs> like, <laughs> who are you? you know, because so seven out of 10 people, you know, are experiencing this imposter syndrome of like, who am I to be in this role? Or like, do they really know if they knew I have no idea what I'm doing? Like, <laughs> there's no way that I would be, you know, um, in this role. And so I think so many of us have triggers um, when it comes to either lack of confidence or this like imposter syndrome. And so having awareness of what are your triggers? And for me, it was comparison or it is comparison, right? As somebody who wants to perform, who wants to please people, I want to figure out like, how do I be the best, you know, or how do I, how do I do this? Um, and so I really found myself in my last role at the organization, at the organization I was prior to coaching, where I just saw this leader who was just dynamic, who was empathetic, who's just all around this wonderful leader. I was like, how do I be more like this person so much that I forgot about who I was, like why I was even brought into this leadership position in the first place. Um, And it just, it truly is. Comparison is the joy killer, right? It steals your confidence. Um, And I found myself in that place where I know for me, a trigger is when I start comparing myself to someone else, instead of trusting like who God made me to be, what's brought me to this role or success, you know, in the first place and truly leaning into those things. Yes. Taking a look at other leaders so I can learn, but not either create jealousy or like, I have to become like them. Um, that's a whole different, that that's where imposter syndrome just, you know, kind of festers and grows and it's like mold. Right. Yes. Um, Yeah. I think you said it's, it's understanding those triggers. And I love this idea of just this, just enoughness to where you do want to learn or glean wisdom or kind of get their tips or best practices or how they approach a certain, whatever it is, public speaking or their meetings or their events, but just enough that you are inspired and Mm. yet can confidently operate in who you are, I think is a really important place. Like knowing where that line is drawn, where you have now gone down the rabbit hole, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you are, you are no longer just getting inspiration or, 
um, learning from amazing people or leaders or examples, but you are trying to change who you are to be like someone else. And I think that's, I think that's just that. Yes. Like the difference between inspiration and like shame and judgment. Yes. Yes. There, there, right. There's a part where it just crosses the bridge. We cross right. the bridge. <laughs> yeah. So figure out like, like, where is that boundary? When has it changed from inspiration into a place more of shame and judgment? Yes. You know, on myself. Yes. Gosh. I think this is really good. Because you do want those people in your life that everybody needs that person, that yeah. mentor, yeah. whether they're a person that actually knows they're your mentor. <laughs> Or maybe it's an author or somebody that you really look up to that has written a lot of work or mm-hmm. is a you know a, a speaker or an expert in that field. And so everybody needs that person to continue to just to learn from and develop their skills and grow their their gifts and their talents, mm-hmm. but not at the expense of losing yourself. Exactly. And that, you know what I'm hearing you say, even in that, Annika, is like diversify. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Diversify who you're looking up to, who you're following, who you're reading, who you're learning from. Um, I find that inspiring. Yeah. I I find that really intriguing for sure. That's fascinating. Um, One of my favorite things about you uh, is just your experience at improv, because I just think that is the coolest, most fascinating thing to be able to get up on a stage and learn how to just figure it out mm. and figure it out over and over and over. And I, I don't know. I just feel like there's so much risk involved in that and, oh, and yeah. fear and self-protection and all mm. these things that we're talking about. Confidence. I mean, to me, what you have learned in the world of improv, you've been able to to take into the various leadership roles throughout your career. And now, you know, seeing on the other side, all these things that you're mentioning people struggle with, to me are those things you probably learn in improv to overcome. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Well, I mean, like, how long do you have to talk about improv? I could. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to talk about, not only because I, you know, met my husband, um, because we both did improv, that was a natural, you know, connection. But honestly, for, you know, I have my faith, but for people who do not, improv becomes their kind of belief system, you know, their religion, because it does, um, there's so much around community and like rules of life and like how you live. It's just, um, a pretty fascinating, uh, fascinating space. And so I would say people who knew me growing up, we'd be like, you did improv because I was, I grew up so shy. I mean, like I was a wallflower. I used to make my sister go up, you know, at McDonald's, go up to the cash register to ask for ketchup because <laughs> I was just so shy. I like I was mortified. Um, the thought of doing that, but there was something around performing on a stage where I got to be somebody else. Like I didn't have to be myself on the stage. I got to be somebody else for a little bit and explore life um, through that lens but I would say, um, and we've talked about it earlier, but the first rule of improv when you're on a stage is to say yes and. So that means if your stage partner comes up to you and says, hey, Katie, like it's, wow, it's it's raining cats and dogs outside. And you go, no, it's not. Like, well, that. That just kind of shuts the story down and like, you can't go anywhere on stage. Right. 
But if I instead come to my partner and was like, it is raining cats and dogs. And I have this boat right here so that we can get through the whatever. Well, then that can create some sort of interesting, you know, story that unfolds on stage. So to be able to say yes, and has been for me and then for my husband, Andy and I kind of one of our rules of life, how to, you know, to say yes, and um, to life. And then I think with improv too, uh, the sense of community, like the reason I could get there out on stage, fearless with no script, no stories in our heads, nothing created is because I had a team of people who before every, you know, um, before every time we performed, we would just like pat each other on the back and say, I got your back. I got your back. I got your back. Like we were all out there experimenting together. We were making it up. And like any of us could fail at any moment, but we'd try to come in and rescue, <laughs> you know, rescue that's each so, other. I just, uh, that's so great. That process. Yes. And so um, it was truly just getting to, I felt like it's a playground for adults, like to be able yeah. to get out, out there and play, to learn life lessons of saying yes. And, and then the community. Um, Gosh, those are all, I think just so great lessons for us to just think on. Yeah, I think the idea of yes and it just makes me think how we all have our idea of how things should be. When I used to work in the mm-hmm. corporate space, we would do this exercise. It's fascinating for anyone who's listening. It's a great exercise. You can steal it. Um, but one person would be the ABCs and one person would be numbers. And so you would kind of start this interaction by me saying ABC and I'd get all the way to Z. And then you would stare at me and you would count to 26, like 26 <laughs> letters in the alphabet. And it would be great, right? Seamless, easy peasy. Everyone always laugh at this exercise because it just sounded so ridiculous. But then we would have to be staring each other straight in the eyes and I stick to my alphabet and you stick to your numbers and we're saying A, 1, B, 2, C, 3. And you realize as you start to get in, you're gripping your letters or you're gripping your numbers so tight, you totally lose sight of what's happening. And then we would pause them just randomly in the middle Mm -hmm. and say, what was your partner on? And they couldn't tell you. They couldn't tell you because you're stuck in your story. You're stuck in what you are in charge of, what you know, and Mm. you've lost that ability to gauge where the other person is. And I just love that lesson that you're sharing with us that happens on a stage of, okay, yes, I am in charge of my alphabet. Like that is what I'm bringing to the Mm -hmm. table today, whatever skill or talent or gift you're bringing to the table. But I also have this opportunity to say yes and what you're bringing to is really important to this story, to what mm-hmm. we're creating, to this conversation. I just, I'm going to just steal that and run with it because I love it. Yes, yes. And, and I don't think you typically hear that in this light. I think you hear that idea of you can have both, you know, this and, mm-hmm. but this is a different concept. This is yes, the story that I bring today, but and the story that you bring to have this this beautiful story unfold, mm-hmm. or whether that's in a corporate setting or a company, it's like we both have things to bring to the table that we can have. Yes, yours yes. and yes, mine. And we can create something really great together. So that is, thank you for that. Because yeah. I think that is just, that's something mm-hmm. that creates that life of curiosity where I'm not showing up with gripped hands saying, but this is the way it should be. Right. It was supposed oh. to rain cats and dogs. And that's what's right. happening on this stage. <laughs> Or yes, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even entering into your space today. But you I'm... also have a boat. So what can we do with these two things together? I think is just such a cool, it's a cool visual. I love and it. You have to listen to each other. 
right? If I'm not listening and I'm not being totally present with you on the stage, I'm thinking about like what's happening next. I'm not like, that's when the story starts to unravel, but instead the yes. And is, well, we're, I'm here. We're going to be present with one another. We're going to listen to one another. We have each other's backs. Like let's explore this thing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So one of the things you just mentioned was that community, the importance of community Mm -hmm. and having that network of Mm -hmm. kind of that net to just really fall in. Um, I'm just curious to hear because I'm sure not every time you got on stage, it's a success. No, it was not. I can assure you. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about how you all scoop each other up in those moments. Even if it was two people on stage where it was just a total bust, like it just, yes. And, and it just didn't work. Oh, for sure. Well, what usually (laughs) happened is either, um, like people on the sides weren't listening. And so they They totally missed it on and on and on painfully. Um, but what happens is, is someone comes, runs across the stage and makes an edit. So either something really hilarious has just happened and someone will run across the stage and like, you'll, you'll start a new scene so that you'll leave the audience with like, that was like an amazing moment, but let's not drag it on. Let's just (laughs) start, let's start something new or like, oh gosh, this is going nowhere. Um, it's kind of painful. Let's edit the scene and start something um, start something new and see what happens there. So it's about paying attention, um, creating those edits, like knowing when to go in and make that edit and trusting that your team is going to come do that with you, you know, or come do that for you if something's just like tanking. And then after, um, each, um, performance, we kind of go through and evaluate, like what worked, what didn't work. Um, and so I found that that valuation was um, super important or like, hey, here's what I needed from you, you know, in that scene. And, um, but then it was mostly just, let's go out and have a lot of fun afterward. <laughs> what a great just yeah. lesson, right? Just to, like you said, it was an adult playground. Just this idea mm-hmm. of having fun and taking that pressure off ourselves. Like, yeah, today that was just a total bust, but tomorrow it is a new day. It is a new scene. Yes. It's take one. It's not take two. And I think just giving ourselves that grace and that freedom to say it is okay. If I totally Mm. failed that, or I did not do what I, what you needed me to do, but I have, I've learned something from that. And today I get to show up better. Amen. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like, okay, I'm not going to be you know, paralyzed by this. I'm not going to let it cause paralysis, but instead that sense of what, what can I learn and move forward from here? Yeah. That stuckness that you just talked about earlier in this conversation, you get stuck in that paralysis of how am I going to get back on that stage tomorrow? How am I going to go back into that meeting tomorrow? You know, whatever that is, that life application of it, but it's, it's saying, what am I protecting myself from? Like, it's a new day. It's a new Mm -hmm. audience. It is just about having fun. Just get back out there. Go out there, be present, have fun, trust that you're going to, you know, learn something um, from the process. And when I, so you can apply that yes and kind of rule of life. If you are feeling stuck, it's like, what can you say yes and to today? No matter how small it may be, just begin practicing, trying saying yes to something, even though it feels uncomfortable because you're, you know, motion is lotion. They say, you know, in physical therapy or whatever, but you're, 
um, beginning movement, your beginning momentum towards things that you want instead of feeling stuck in something that's okay or not great, you know? So how can yes and help you with that? Yeah. Do you have some yes and examples that just you can share top of mind just as people are kind of thinking, what can I say yes and to of just how that plays out? Yeah. I mean, it could be like someone invited me to go do this. That sounds really exhausting. I, you know, like I've had a big week. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to say yes. And to someone inviting me to go out to do this thing, because it's going to get me out of my routine, out of my rhythm. And Hey, I may have a lot of fun actually. So that's an example, um, of saying yes. And, uh, that you could do, um, or for somebody, it could be a job opportunity, right. Of like, I'm feeling really stuck where I am. (laughs) Um, but I feel safe. And instead something else comes that's new. It's different. You don't know, but if you feel really connected to it, you know, there's wisdom involved too. How do I say yes? And to that. So there's a huge range, but I think that first one is really like, how can I mix up my routine a little bit and begin seeing like what's working for me, what's not working for me. Um, Diverse out of my rut. Diversify. (laughs) Yes. Yes. My portfolio. Yes. (laughs) Diversify what my day looks like. That's really good. Um, I'd love to ask you just your view on how you define success Mm -hmm. because you've you've achieved success as in different ways in different seasons. Yes. (laughs) And so you've also seen a lot of people that are, Mm -hmm. you know, chasing different definitions of success. And so I'm sure that it continues to evolve. But how do you how would you speak to your view on Mm -hmm. what a successful life or day or week looks like? You know, that for me, I'm like, there's a million different (laughs) answers to, you know, what success might mean. But, but honestly, if I were to define it for myself, it would be, I want to be present in my one and only life. Like, how do I, I want to live present where I am. Um, And I think that's partly why I made decisions to leave the organization you know, where I was, it was so hard to leave. I loved the work. I loved the people, but I knew I was not present, you know, with my family. How do I make decisions to be more present where I want to be and prioritize the things that were most important to me? Um, And then so many of us either live in the past or we live in the future, like ruminating on the past or fear of the future that we're not fully present where we are. And so really exploring how, you know, what is it that's keeping me from being present where I am? Because when we are present, we are most energized in life. We feel most connected with the people, you know, around us or what we're doing. Um, And so for me, that is the definition of success. That's really good. Makes me think too of just really removing those distractions. Like you said, it's being in that moment where you're seeing who you are and you're experiencing mm-hmm. all the I'm things that you've been given. And it's, it. Yes. Yeah. yeah experiencing really your life instead of living in your head, either in the past or, you know, in the future. Um, for me, I want that for my kids. I want that for my husband. I want that, you know, for my life, for my family. And I think it will help us have a lot more clarity too about what it is we truly want in life too. 
So good. So good. Well, any last minute thoughts or just takeaways that you want to leave us with? And then I'd love for you just to share when and how people can follow you along. Totally. Um, I would say, you know, if you're experiencing imposter syndrome, anxiety, you know, you have elevated cortisol and you've been living in that space for like, you know, 18 months or whatever, you're, you're living in fear or making decisions out of fear. Um, don't do it alone. Like you don't have to do life alone. Find a coach, find a counselor, partner with somebody. I see myself as a strengthener of leaders or a strength and a leader is someone leading their life. You're right. It doesn't have to be, Oh, I'm a CEO of this organization, but like I'm, I'm leading my life. And so partner together with somebody and one become aware of like, Hey, this is happening. Like what's happening. This is, this is what's happening. Accept what's going on in your life. Realize it's a choice. You have a choice to make there and then create a plan. So truly partnering with a coach or partnering with a counselor will be really, really helpful for you. You don't have to go it alone. I wish I had had somebody, you know, three and a half, four years ago, as I was walking through this place of imposter syndrome, feeling disconnected with my values or living in that comparison trap, you don't have to do it alone. So that would be my biggest takeaway. Pride tells us, our pride tells Mm. us I can do this. I can do this on my own. And what I'm hearing you say is just let go of the ego and invite others in to help you. Let go like that humility or you say, I, I can do this where I heard I should, I should be able to do this on my own. Yeah. And so shoulds. Right. That, that, that's a, uh, hello, you know, a red flag. It's I'm the shitting. red flag trigger yeah. to get you to think, rethink <laughs> that word. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, tell us where our listeners can find you. Yeah. I mean, you can find me online. Uh, my website is katieacuster.com. It's Katie with a Y. Um, yeah. Team Y over here. Find me there and just send me a message um, or Katie at katieacuster.com. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here and for being a strengthener and for strengthening all of us today to go out and do the things that we can do today. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Katie. Here are today's truths and takeaways. Number one, there's not always a clear path. So just take one step at a time, being open-handed to where you might be led next. Number two, if you hear the word stuck in your vocabulary, self-protection might be the root cause. So take a little time to explore what's behind it. Number three, confidence is an internal thing. Don't let the external impact your internal. Number four, start with some values work, especially if you're finding areas of tension or indecisiveness in your life. Number five, what would it look like to lean into greater curiosity? Number six, start with a little more yes and in your life. Diversify your routine and maybe who you're learning from. Number seven, experience your life rather than living in your head in the past or the future. Number eight, a leader is someone leading their life. So you, as a leader, go make the choice to invite others in to be your support. Number nine, I love what Katie says. She says, go out there, be present, have fun, 
trust that you're going to learn something from the process. So thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. If you haven't already, would love for you to take a few quick seconds to leave a review, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. You can scroll down to the bottom of the podcast. There is a spot that says write a review. Um, An opportunity to click a few stars. Would love for you to leave your feedback or share with me what you took away from this conversation. That's always the best part of my day when I hear from you and hear what just really stuck or encouraged you. So, um, and also don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. So many more great conversations to come this season. Until next time.